Episode 4 Why Everything Matters. Anin. That means hello or I see your light. I'm Gavi the Lamanite, an Ojibwe Latter day Saint Christian. Join me by my fire. This is a place to learn spiritual truth and wisdom and gain a heightened perspective on today's world issues. Hello, welcome. How are you feeling? I hope you're well. Last episode, we talked about the human soul and how the human soul is a body and a spirit. And the body needs energy and that energy comes from food. And when we don't give the body food, it grows weak and we feel hungry. The spirit has similar needs. And when we don't fulfill those spiritual needs, the spirit grows weak and the spirit grows hungry. And just like the body, if not fed and nourished, it will die. So please, along with taking care of your body, remember to focus on your quote-unquote spiritual nutrition. Every day, consciously decide that you will take care of your spirit. One of the things I love to do, and I didn't talk about this in the last episode, maybe I should have, and many people love to do this as well, when they feel like they want to be closer to God, is I love to remove myself from busy civilization and wander into nature. Now that can be a walking trail just five minutes from my house, or a days-long journey climbing on top of a mountain. It can be an evening stroll or a three-day backpacking trip. If your spirit has been feeling weak or tired, go outside. I highly recommend it. The essence of God is the blood of life that feeds everything he has created. Nature can heal. In fact, it's so effective in boosting one's spiritual systems that many people look no further for their spiritual fulfillment than nature alone. There's so much beauty and healing that can be found therein that people dismiss the need for anything more. They don't see a need for religion or any form of organization or order. And we talked about why that's not the best course of thinking in episode one. But they begin to mistakenly believe that nature is God. These people also tend to search for serotonin boosts and quote-unquote enlightening experiences with nature-based stimulants like marijuana, psychedelic mushrooms. And from what I've seen, these people land in a place where they lack spiritual self-reliance. No personal relationship with or real understanding of God. And an overall just abstract belief system. A couple of years ago, I visited the National Museum of the American Indian in Washington, D.C. 
Now, if you've never been to Washington, D.C., please make plans to go. So much to see, so much to learn. Now, in this particular museum, one of the exhibits that we came across was about traditional knowledge. All of the worldviews and spiritual philosophies of the different Native American tribes. Their beliefs about creation and the order of the universe. The spiritual relationship that humans have with nature. It was very interesting to read the different perspectives that these tribes had. Now, there isn't just one system of belief with Native Americans. Throughout history, tribal tradition evolved and mixed together across the many tribes. But one group stood out to me in that exhibit. The woodland culture, the Anishinaabe, which includes my tribe, the Ojibwe. They believed in a supreme creator and a creation story, including a great flood. And they believe that man has a purpose given to them from the creator. They had defined an afterlife. And I found the Anishinaabe display to be actually quite different from the others. The other tribes seemed to hold beliefs that were all over the place. No clear definition of deity, various animal spirits, ideas similar to human-animal reincarnation, etc. They seem to worship the creation without defining or even acknowledging the creator. Be careful not to do that. I am very excited in future episodes to share more about the beliefs of the Anishinaabe people and how ancient truths that they taught and passed down are in remarkable harmony with the truths of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. I also do want to talk about why we shouldn't worship creation itself and rather appreciate it as a means to connect with the Creator. I'll have to go into that another time in more depth. <laughs> it's just so hard to not go on tangents. But for now, let's talk about two ways that I've observed humans react when they really begin to grasp the scope of natural creation. Now let's take, for example, two people staring at the stars. One of them, after realizing how big the universe really is, says to themselves, there must surely be a creator. And there must be a bigger story behind the origins of this earth and human consciousness than just a big cosmic accident. Now, the other person staring at the same stars, upon realizing that there are billions of not just planets and stars, but galaxies, says to themselves, Nothing matters. Nothing matters. This belief that life in existence is meaningless, that's called nihilism. In my opinion, it is the most lethal spiritual poison. 
It is a view that makes drowsy and helpless every human soul that adopts it. That being said, you may have felt this way. Or if not, you definitely have seen nihilism in the people around you. I can't tell you how many times I've seen young people in the rising generation talking like this. Especially online and places like TikTok and Twitter. They say things like, you're just a speck on a floating rock, and you'll be forgotten when you're gone. Nothing you do or say has any true meaning, so just live the way you want. Now this is millions. This is coming from millions of kids and teenagers and young adults. And these kinds of comments are getting thousands and thousands of likes. It's heartbreaking. Now, although nihilism is sweeping the world as an increasingly popular way of thinking, it's not a new concept. Now we're going to go into some history right now. The Buddha, who was active around 500 BC, lived in a time and place where there were many ascetic sects or groups of people whose religion or path to spiritual gain was based on extreme self-denial and self-discipline. Buddhism itself is actually a form of asceticism. In one of Buddha's discourses, he commented on what he observed to be moral nihilism by the other ascetic sects, saying that those who hold those views will fail to see the virtue in good mental, verbal, and bodily conduct, and will therefore more easily tend towards the dangers of misconduct. In other words, if nothing matters, then the lines between good and bad are blurred, and humans will naturally begin to lean towards bad. Interesting. Now, as the centuries have passed since then, nihilism has surfaced more and more as philosophers have tried answering this great question, what is the purpose of human existence? One German philosopher by the name of Friedrich Nietzsche is very well known today for giving a detailed diagnosis of nihilism as a phenomenon of Western society. Now, even though Nietzsche is associated with developing the nihilist view, he actually saw it as something we need to eventually overcome, not embrace. In his work, he often brought up Christianity. Now, he wasn't a big fan. He thought Christianity was making people weak. Because when you take a group of believers that submit to obeying a higher power and compare them to sheep following a shepherd... That's not demonstrating strength or excellence. I really do wonder, how can someone that devotes their whole lives into understanding humans and the universe know so little about how true power works? I, I don't get it. Humans are weak no matter if we acknowledge it or not. But when we do acknowledge our weaknesses and harvest strength and power from an external source, or God, we become strong. Riches, college degrees, 
the size of your social circle. None of that reflects true strength. But back to Nietzsche's view. He thought that Christianity was something that the world was outgrowing. Why did he think this? Well, it's worth considering that from the time it was adopted as the dominant religion of the Roman Empire, Christianity was intertwined with the formation of Western society and culture. I mean, they go hand in hand. Everything from science and the arts, to politics, the Gregorian calendar itself counts from the date of Christ's birth. But the problem with this, at least according to Nietzsche, was that Christianity, and largely the belief in God, became the world's objective truth. Why is that a problem? Well, during the Age of Enlightenment, and that came about in the 17th, 18th centuries around, science became an alternative to Christianity as a source for objective truth. Originally, truth could be found only by observing one path, really. The Bible and religious authority who interpreted the Bible. Now, around this time, people like Galileo and Newton, who actually were Christians, by the way, they started to build a bigger and more fact-based narrative about the world, the universe, creation, etc. While many maintained that the natural laws and scientific principles that were being discovered could exist in harmony with, and for that matter, even supported the existence of God, many believed the opposite. And that's when science and religion became opponents. So, as the world became scientifically enlightened, people more and more started turning their back on religion. In those people's minds, the concept of God became a construct that was dissolving itself. I mean, think about it. Christianity brought about the Enlightenment, and now the Enlightenment was destroying Christianity. God enlightened humans, and now they were too smart for him. That's what prompted Nietzsche to write, quote, God is dead, God remains dead, and we have killed him, end quote. Again, referring to how Christianity basically set itself up for failure by enlightening people. So with God now gone, now what? Where is the basis for human morality? From whence do we obtain meaning and purpose? Is there any purpose? Nietzsche made it part of his life's quest to find the answer to this. To shine away for society to cast off old, outdated moral principles based in God and to construct a new system independent of God that could answer these great questions. A whole new godless foundation upon which objective moral truth could be founded for humanity. He never accomplished that. Towards the end of his life, actually, he sent himself into a manic 
depressive, psychotic state, had a mental breakdown, suffered at least three strokes that left him paralyzed and unable to speak, and then in 1900 he died. Ironically, I, I did some research about his writings earlier in his life, and at some point he actually wrote, and I'll quote this, quote, All superior men who were irresistibly drawn to throw off the yoke of any kind of morality and to frame new laws had, if they were not actually mad, no alternative but to make themselves or pretend to be mad. End quote. Now, gosh, that was almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. And many other humans have undertaken this course and failed in similar ways. Many have tried and are trying today to artificially recreate a moral system that is completely detached from a supreme authority such as God. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care who you are or who is trying to do this, it will inevitably collapse on itself. Any way and path that tries to interpret life and the universe outside of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ is a dead end. Plain and simple. Now here's a scripture that I want to share with you and it's from the Book of Mormon. 2 Nephi, chapter 2. And this is going to start in verse 13 and it says, And if ye shall say that there is no law ye shall also say there is no sin. And if ye shall say there is no sin, ye shall also say there is no righteousness. And if there be no righteousness, there be no happiness. And if there be no righteousness nor happiness, there be no punishment nor misery. And if these things are not, there is no God. And if there is no God, we are not, neither the earth. For there could have been no creation of things, neither to act nor to be acted upon. Wherefore, all things must have vanished away. And now, my sons, this is going into verse 14. I speak unto you these things for your profit and learning. For there is a God. And he hath created all things, both the heavens and the earth, and all things that in them are, both things to act and things to be acted upon, and to bring about his eternal purposes and the end of man. End quote. Many don't believe in this. Many have not accepted this truth. And even if they have at some point, what I'm seeing more and more is they're walking away from it. A 2019 Pew Research study about the decline of Christianity showed some sobering statistics. Now listen to this. Between the 1970s to the early 1990s, so around 20 years there, only 6 to 8% of adults declared themselves as completely non-religious. 
Those are small numbers, and there was only a 2% increase over that period of time. From the 1990s to now, we're looking at a 15% increase in non-religious adults. And from the trends that are being researched, those numbers are only going to skyrocket. So where do you stand? I'll tell you this. God isn't just a concept that you can outgrow. His order, the purpose and meaning he assigns to the universe, to life, it's truth. It's fact. It's reality. So instead of trying to create your own world with your own set of laws and moral dictates, find harmony and oneness with God. I assure you, His system is perfect. It's designed to make humankind happy and intelligent and powerful. God wants to give humankind everything He has. He wants to make you everything He is. That's His goal. And that's the purpose. And this life is only a blink of an eye on our timeline. It really is just a small test to prove ourselves, and it'll be over before you know it. I'm only 24. I turned 24 a few days ago. But I can tell you this. Every year that passes, as I've come into adulthood, I realize that the life I once thought was so long is actually so short. But if all I'm telling you is true, if God actually set this up and sent you here, my friend, everything matters. Everything matters. There's never been a time in the whole history of the universe where it has all mattered more. This is the Hunger Games. Like Shakespeare once said, all the world's a stage, and the spotlight is on you. This is your time to shine, and to thrive in body and spirit, and to show your Heavenly Father how much you really care. How can anyone say nothing matters? To those who say that, May we say this, everything matters. To those who say there's nothing to lose, may we say there's everything to lose. In God's eyes, the universe does revolve around you. You are his everything. He set up this world and sent His Son for you to grow and succeed. You are not insignificant. You matter, and what you do matters. My call and my invitation to you is come unto Christ, and He will show you the truth of my words not just tell you, but he will show you, he will give you a vision, 
of who you really are and what your purpose is. And when you understand those two things, you will be unstoppable. Everything, everything else in your life will gain new meaning and will fall into place. My friend, our time draws nigh today. Thank you for spending it with me. I want to invite you to follow my Facebook page, Gavi the Lamanite, and my Instagram, at GaviWise. There you can message me if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on what I might cover in future episodes. You can even message me if you need a friend or someone to talk to. As always, if you'd like, join me after the music, and we can pray together. Until next time, and as my people the Ojibwe say, Gigawapamen. Our great creator, our eternal father, thou hast set into perfect order all of thy creation. Please help us find similar order in our lives, that things may fall into place, that we may know where to go to for spiritual light and spiritual nourishment. Father, Bless the person who is listening to this, that they may be given guidance to where they may find true peace. Father, help all of us on our journeys, that we might always remember how important we are in thy eyes, how loved we are. And may we look forward with hope to all the great things that thou hast in store for us in this life and the next. This is my prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.